Welcome to the Stable Moments Podcast. I'm excited to have you here. It is the middle of the summer. It's hot. It's hot. Okay, so what I wanted to do this month, a little bit different, is I wanted to give you guys this training on healed people, heal people. And I actually did a recent training for the mentors in our program. So I'm going to roll this training for you. So it's going to talk about your mentorship role. But if you're not a mentor, it's fine. This is going to apply to you completely because everybody wants to be someone who gives back, right? That you're a positive influence in others lives. And the only way that we can do that, you know, obviously you need to fill your cup before you can fill other people's cup. We've heard that. What does it mean? Nobody knows. And I think that people try to do a lot of little basic things like take care of yourself, like get a pedicure or something. This is bigger. Okay. Self-care. It's not like breathing. I mean, yes, you can do your breathing exercise, go get your pedicures. Like, cool, fine. But this is a lot deeper. Okay. In this training, I really challenge the mentors to notice times that their behavior is not in alignment with who they want to be. Maybe they're frustrated. Maybe they can hear themselves be irritable. Maybe they can hear themselves be rude. Maybe they can, maybe they're like dramatic or maybe they take something really personal and they feel like they, they feel insecure. Have you ever cried at a time that you didn't feel like crying? Um, and you just wondered like, why is this hitting me this way? Those are all, all of our feelings are little nuggets of opportunity for us to lean into how we got to where we are and how we respond and react to things. And it's not until or unless we are willing to lean into those things that we are able to fully, fully, fully show up for other people and not kind of be led or controlled by these reactions and these reactions, just like the kids we serve are rooted most of the time in our childhood and our learning and our genetics and all this stuff that happened way back before we possibly even have memories. So we're going to talk about an approach that we can take and why it's so important to get yourself healed because healed people heal people. I am going to roll our intro and then jump right into that mentor training for you. I'm Rebecca Britt, and this is the Stable Moments Podcast. I started this podcast to understand from all perspectives how we can help end the foster care crisis. The overwhelming response was we need to support our local communities. Unwanted, abandoned, orphaned children are the community's responsibility. We must support, guide, love, invest, raise up generations that will nurture, love, and support their own children to end this crisis. So the purpose of this podcast is to build an army of people that are interested and willing to take responsibility of our foster youth and who are supportive of foster and adoptive families. This is the on-ramp for people who want to get involved but might not know where to start. I want this to be a place where community members feel like they can make a difference, where they feel good enough to make that difference and believe that they can be a big deal in the life of a child. Thanks for being part of our community and make sure to join the conversation in the Stable Moments Podcast Facebook group. Together, we can end the foster care crisis. Hi, mentors. I want to talk to you for a moment 
about healing and how it starts with you. And this is going to talk about you. And I know that you got into mentoring to help a kid and maybe everything's fine with you. There's nothing to work on with you and you don't know why you would be talking about yourself right now. And as much as in the training, I talk about that you need to focus on the kid and that this doesn't have to do with you. The sessions don't have to do with you. Obviously you wouldn't go into your own stuff at the sessions, but I know that you've all heard the saying hurt people, hurt people. In fact, when we're talking about these kids makes a lot of sense. These kids may lash out and they may try to hurt people because they're hurt. And really them lashing out is a protection mechanism for themselves, okay? But I also believe wholeheartedly that healed people, heal people, actually think the best thing you can do for the whole world, the best thing you could do, not go out and serve, not become a mentor and give an hour of your time, not eat right and get, the best thing any one of us can do is heal ourselves, okay? And go back on the long journey of what our childhood was, how we picked up the different things that we picked up, what we caught from our parents, um, maybe not taught, but we caught a lot of the stuff from them. We had to protect ourselves from certain things. We had to learn how to get attention, how to survive, how to make our way in the world, um, how to be valuable, how to feel valued. Those are all things that we seek. And um, whether we get them or not, or whether we get them in a way that we need or not, kind of is what develops our coping mechanisms in how we interact with the world. Just a little, little example here. I have had a, um, one thing that I do is I'm overproductive and I try to jump in and I try to teach people. Um, if somebody's not getting something, I wanna jump in, I wanna do it for them, I wanna solve their problems, I don't want them to be overwhelmed. Okay, it's actually led to success in my career because I'm the one that can jump in I, I've built this program and program directors start this program and if they're having trouble, I feel like it, I'm gonna jump in and help them. So being the person that jumps in and helps is great, but I'm also creating this narrative that other people aren't able to help themselves and they need me. And I come to their aid and it makes me feel good because now I'm valuable because they needed me and I help them and that's where I get my value. And that's the part that's not really right, okay? Because what that looks like is I jump in to help them and I do the work for them. I don't help, I don't believe that they can do it, right? I don't believe in them. I believe that I'm the only answer, which is very exhausting. I don't have the capacity to jump in and help everyone. So if all my value comes from if I'm helpful or not to people, then, and I can't do that and I can't sustain it, I will always feel undervalued, okay? And then the worst thing is that as much as people go, oh my gosh, Rebecca, that was amazing, you helped, thank you, they actually end up resenting me because I've jumped in and I haven't enabled, or I've enabled them to not do it, right? I've become their solution. I've become their source. And that's not right. 
You need to empower people to do things, right? You need to believe in people. You need to believe that they matter. You need to believe that they can do the things, that you can give them the tools and they can do the things that you don't need to jump in and save the day. So all I'm saying is that with every dynamic, you bring something to it. So if I'm going to complain that like, oh, people can't get their stuff done or nobody understands something and I always need to jump in and do it. Well, Rebecca... Do you just jump in and do things? Do you give them any space to do it? Okay, so I'm like, ooh, okay, what happens if I step back and I give people space to do it and I don't jump in? Oh, look, I'm letting people rise to the occasion. Oh, and now, does it mean I'm less valuable? Because I didn't jump in and save the day and I didn't get the immediate dopamine that they're saying like, oh my gosh, you saved the day, thank you. I didn't get that immediate, but I actually got this long-term flow of like, I, I was able to do less work and they were able to do more and they still think that I was helpful for it because I gave them the space and I gave them the tools and then I let them do it. And that's the relationship that they want to have. So I still have value without killing myself. And so why am I telling you this? Well, because this is just a little example of like, yes, some of our strengths are strengths, but they also can be weaknesses. And if we get our value from how others interact with us, that isn't good because we need to get our value from source, from God, from us having intrinsic value. Okay. So what I'm saying is there's all of us have self-discovery to do. And the way that we do self-discovery, this, the reason I'm bringing this up is because as mentors, you are going to have times when you need to do some of this work. Kids are going to trigger you. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to feel maybe like this isn't fulfilling. You're going to think, oh, why am I here? Okay. And what I am tasking you to do is why did you have those expectations? What did you think was going to, you were going to get out of this situation? Um, why does a kid, a 10 year old trigger you so much? Why do you want to quit? Like it's obviously triggering something in you. I'm not saying everybody's going to want to quit, but if there's the, the feelings that we have, the conflicts that we have are the nuggets those are the things that are saying, hey, there's probably something from your childhood that you could look into. You could free yourself from this reaction if you looked into it and healed it. So when I would get like overwhelmed that nobody was doing their things and I always had to jump in, it's like, okay, that feeling of overwhelming and that feeling of disappointment, lean into that. Why are you disappointed? And of course, it went back to me being disappointed with my parents and not getting what I needed and, and having to heal that little girl before I could stop interacting the way that I was with people in my life, people in leadership roles, program directors, the people that I deal with. So I brought the little girl that didn't get her needs met. I brought that little girl to every single job mentor role, volunteer role, marriage. I brought her with me 
because she learned how to survive and that's all she knows. And I'm just saying, even if you have, you know, oh, I had no trauma in my background and I'm fine. If you get pissed off in traffic, if you uh, expect things or if there is any time that you act in a manner that you wish you hadn't acted that way or you have any stress, worry, lean into that because there's something there that it's not really a rational reaction, okay? It's it's something to dig into. So um, in this module or this lesson um, attached down below is uh, an ACEs uh, survey that you can take and a resilience survey that you can take. ACEs are, it's just starting to take some account of what happened to you as a kid. So ACEs are adverse childhood events. And of course, the children in our program have adverse childhood events. That's why we're here. But I think that it's really important that we look at our adverse childhood events. Now, you can't look at your adverse childhood events without looking at your resiliency score because I I score personally a four on adverse childhood events, which is pretty high when you look at all of the different scores. And the higher your ACE score, the higher your risk of um, health and mental health and social problems. But resilience scores can kind of counteract that. Like, so if you had things that would help you deal with your adverse childhood events, they can counteract that. So if you have, I have a resilience score of nine, which it obviously helped some of those adverse childhood events that I had. So the reason for this is just to start. Like, are you willing to look behind your own curtain? Are you willing to get your scores and look at those and have those start a conversation? And, you know, you guys might not understand, like, I call it inner child work. Um, but I believe inner child work at this juncture in my life is the way to healing. Just like with these kids, um, I think we need to go back and understand all of our beliefs, all of our patterns, how we navigate the world, how we react, like our, all of our choices. Where did those come online? Why did we have to navigate the world that way? Why did we choose to navigate the world that way? Um, and is there anything there that we can let go? Is there anything that we're holding on to that doesn't serve us anymore? Because the truth is, is this person that needed to jump in and help everybody me, this little girl, she really needed to do it to survive when she was little. She needed it. It helped her navigate her world. It was an amazing skill and it was incredible that at 9, 10, 11, I was able to learn to do that and it worked. But now it doesn't serve me anymore. I don't need to do that. I don't need to carry around all of that and it's actually hurting me. Letting it go is scary though. I don't know who I am without jumping in. What if people don't like me? What if I'm not valuable? What if I don't jump in and I float away into non-existence? What if people don't remember me? What if I'm not valuable? Okay, those are big fears. Those are legitimate. Those, that's the fear behind the behavior. So then if I can go back and go like, ooh, those are big fears and 
if I can talk to that little girl that's like so scared that she won't be valued and hug her and love on her and tell her, honey, you are valuable. You are so valuable. You're a rock star and you're going to rock it out. I promise you this world is going to be a better place because of you. And if you can hold her and let her sink into your arms and do whatever you need to do for the little child inside of you that's scared and feeling like they need to create all these coping mechanisms. It helps you, it frees you up, and it allows you to not carry around all that weight. And when you don't carry around that weight, you have more to give. You have a deeper capacity for empathy. You have a, a ability to be more present. When something someone says doesn't trigger your reaction, then you're there. You're able to deal with their stuff. It's their stuff. It doesn't trigger your stuff. So, okay, if a kid has a a situation, then you can take it at face value and you can be there for them in that situation. You don't need to, oh, now this is triggering my stuff and I can't be here. So you owe it to yourself, first and foremost. But you owe it to the world. Like, if this is the only thing you do is get curious and empathetic like we teach about yourself, and dive in and I'm telling you it's not easy it's not easy like sometimes this looks like oh I have some anxiety about this situation I shouldn't be anxious about this what's this anxiety about and then sitting with the anxiety not choosing to have a glass of wine actually sitting with the anxiety um okay this is really uncomfortable I wonder what this is about when did this anxiety come along how do I really feel feel sad. I feel like they don't like me. I feel like they don't value me. Ooh, when did you, when did you first feel like somebody didn't like you? Oh, well, when I was a kid, I always felt like I wasn't good enough or my mom used to tell me whatever it is. And then you go, oh, and then you access that little child. Okay. So you kind of have to feel the feeling, ask the questions, dig deeper, get still, And once you find the true feeling underneath all of it, the little person that's holding, that sits behind the anxiety today about a silly conversation maybe, but it's rooted in these big, big, big feelings from you being a kid. That's kind of the path I take to go back. It's not always easy. And sometimes it takes like a month of like this weird anxiety that I keep trying to access and I keep trying to go back there and I'm just open to it. I'm not saying it's easy and it can be really hard and it can be really painful and it can be, holy smokes, those are wounds that I didn't want to touch or they might be new levels of the wound. It's not like, oh, I deal with that and then it goes away. No, it's like next year, maybe you can go deeper. Next year you revisit it. It's the same thing with these kids. They have trauma that they're dealing with and they're going to learn some skills and they're going to learn some emotional awareness. They're going to learn stuff through our program and hopefully with therapeutic parenting and other therapeutic options that they have, they are going to heal and go back. But trauma healing does not just, it's not linear, okay? It, it It's a spiral. So you deal with it a lot, you feel like you get over it and then it comes back around and it's the same for us. So all I'm asking is for you to be aware and how you start is you can take the ACEs survey. 
You can take the resilience uh, survey. Help under, you know, understand that you are a lot like anybody else that, that has a childhood that was full of different ways that we learn things, different beliefs, different behaviors. You had a dad that did one thing. If you had a dad, you had a mom that did another thing. If you had a mom, you know, and you learned from them and you caught a lot of things and you did what you needed to do to get your needs met. And sometimes those things don't serve us anymore. So just be curious and lean into the feelings. When you have feelings, it's quick to go to defensive. It's quick to go to let's get rid of it. It's quick to go to I'm right, you're wrong. But if you just sit in the, wow, this is bringing some stuff up for me. I'd like to get a little more curious about that. You're really leading by example because when you see stuff being brought up for the kid, you go, wow, that's bringing some stuff up for you. Let's just sit with that and don't be a hypocrite. Don't be willing to hold space and ask a kid to hold space and validate their feelings and do all of these things for them if you can't do it for yourself. The more you do it for yourself, the more you will be able to do it for others. And I 100% believe healed people, heal people. It's a long journey. And no, you don't need to be healed to heal people. Of course, we can all be used in our lives um, exactly where we're at to do good in the lives of others. But it's a journey and um, healing. We all need healing from different things. And we need to honor ourselves and give ourselves that so that we can give it to others. Cool.